listening to the food talk show hi there my name is sue nelson and for the next 30 minutes or so we're going to be talking about all things food and drink but mostly food i'm joined by my fellow presenters holly and ollie that's ollie lloyd founder of great british chefs how are you doing we love it when we've got a studio literally packed full of foodie things it's very good news it is isn't it? it's nice and we'll still be sober at the end of this which is also <laughs> thankfully thank goodness we had a couple of programs where it was just booze wall to wall wasn't it yeah. um and we've holly, come a long way <laughs> holly shackleton editor of speciality food magazine hi there now um uh famously you never have breakfast well that's fine because we've got loads here Oh, thank goodness for that. See, I prepared this time. Normally I'm unprepared, which is why I don't have breakfast, but now I'm on it. Made so you've right had some breakfast this once. morning? I'm afraid I did. Well done. But it wasn't. There wasn't much of it, so it was good for me, though. What was it, though? Just granola. The mm. most boring granola. There was nothing in it. There were no raisins. <laughs> you needed some yogurt. You know, you know I did. That would have yeah. saved it. You know yeah. she's editor of Speciality Food magazine. It's not... She doesn't walk the talk. Well, she should, have, she, should, she should be getting a lot of freebies. So if you have something you should be sending Holly to eat, <laughs> yeah. you know where she works, Please send you know it. where she lives. She needs breakfast ideas. She's open to alcohol. Basically breakfast ideas. You know, she's basically pretty flexible on what you send her, as long as yeah. it's high quality. Yeah. yeah, high quality. Yeah, tastes expensive good. Expensive is good. Expensive, yeah. yeah. Always expensive. <laughs> Only expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what did you have for breakfast? I had some granola with some yogurt, actually. Um, it was it was, it was an early morning. Granola day. My, uh, you, you love this. My, son, my son plays chess early in the morning on a tube. You know, I just... So. Please never so, invite me to your I, house. I have to, have to get there. <laughs> never, ever invite me to your house. It's mad. I went to Dishoom and had um, egg and mm. bacon naan. Gosh. living the dream. Oh, yeah. God, that was good. So we are joined by our guest today, and we've got Anna Hoare, who's of Myrtle Restaurant. Hi. Hi, hello. I'm very excited yeah, to see you. I'm very excited to we're, be we're going to uh, We're going to describe you as an expert on Irish food. I don't know if I'm an expert on Irish food, but I am Irish. There you go. <laughs> see? That's fine by us. And Sally Dawling of Tim's Dairy. Hi, Sally. You're hello. very kindly brought in lots of yoghurt, so <clears throat> that should supplement your breakfast. Should have been on top of... Uh, it should have been it should have been so we're going to start with um anna and a little bit about irish food uh any favorites of irish food that you have holly so uh for a few years i was judging at the irish food awards i can't pronounce the proper name um the irish food awards um so i was having and they were um based in dingle so we went to dingle distillery kind of had a walk around there it's an amazing place um i love burn smokehouse yeah and brigitte is just amazing an incredible woman she's incredible salmon um and also mike's fancy cheeses who does what's it called young buck Mm, mm. is just a really delicious cheese so i like irish food a lot i do i'm a massive fan of potatoes Oh, I love potatoes. I like, I like potatoes anyway. <laughs> I have to agree with you. And I, I, know, I know about four or five generations back, I think our family were Irish, but I just, I just adore potatoes. How do you, so we've been talking about this because one, one of the issues with potatoes is that they're often served with meat. So mm. how, do you, how do you like oh, have anything. potatoes? So a jacket potato, chips. I love chips. I, I mean, I would, I would eat <laughs> chips every day if I could. Would I, I would. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, but it has to be good chips. Um, and um, 
could be Dauphinoise potatoes. They're great. They could yeah. be mash. I mean, mash. Oh, God, mash. And then at the weekends, <laughs> I made... I made it's a, like an advert for potatoes. <laughs> lunch. Roast potatoes cooked in beef dripping. You can't beat that either. Can I give you my one favourite on Go top on of that? So um, it's a Moro recipe called Hassan's potatoes, which basically I think came from an allotment they did where they would take new potatoes straight out of the ground, mm. wash them, oh. put them in water with loads of salt and then boil the pan dry. Mm. Oh, the pan dry. So it basically it absorbs mm. all the salt, but also it gets the salt around the outside mm. and it burns slightly on the bottom. So you get slightly mm. smoky. Yes. Yeah. And they are so good. That sounds delicious. Um, but you need really good new potatoes. And, yeah. and a really bad pan that you don't mind ruining. <laughs> yeah. Or just yes, do it at a friend's house. Sometimes happens by <laughs> <laughs> a friend's house, yeah. That's a really good yeah. idea. Um, I, I'm, so new potatoes, beautiful new potatoes, just mm. in some mm. mint and butter. Just every way that you can think of. Potatoes yeah, well, we're almost there. We're almost into new potato season. So We are. There is also nothing... It, there's, I remember trying to digging for potatoes with my kids. That moment of like pulling them out of the ground is like it's literally treasure. mining for gold. Oh, it is so yeah. satisfying. I had um, potatoes on my allotment. I just love it because like, they are like little presents that you find in the soil. I just love them. I haven't planted mine yet. <sighs> anyway, the top 10 Irish foods. Number one Irish food that most people mention. Any guesses around the table? Cheese. Cheese. Gotta be Soda Irish bread. Cheese. Soda bread. Mm. Soda bread. Or as we call in Ireland, bread. Bread. <laughs> <laughs> well spotted. Um, you learn something every day. Yeah. Um, shellfish um, is very, uh, very good in Ireland. So there's some great oysters from Galway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clams from Connemara. And of course, Dublin Bay prawns. Mm-hmm. So some great... Um, Seafood. Uh, Irish stew with potatoes. That's a good one on a rainy, cold day. Mm. Uh, Cold cannon and champ. Yeah, you'll find that in every restaurant in Ireland. Can you you tell me the difference? um, Um, Well, it changes in different areas of Ireland because it was more about um, using up kind of ingredients that you had. But uh, champ is usually spring onions, often with a bit of bacon or bacon fat poured on top. If you don't have that, you um, you kind of create a little well and you put butter in it and you let the butter melt and then it kind of is like a little lamb. Um, it's like a volcano, if you know what I mean, effect. So that's kind of traditional way of doing it. Um, and then Kilcannon can be made with leeks, but in um, some places it's made with cabbage. A lot of places it's made with cabbage. Or oh, it's gone kale now. It's gone and kale, yeah. But kale, like, kale was a big thing when I was a kid. Like yeah. at um, Halloween, we would have, this is so brilliant, we'd have curly kale, like blanched, boiled, then mixed through mash and they'd hide money in it. <laughs> so brilliant. In so Halloween we hide so money and presents everywhere. Yeah. So you've got to have your wits about you or you'll choke to death. Yeah. <laughs> you, if anyone has managed to get kale into Halloween, that is a major achievement. <laughs> my understanding of Halloween is large quantities of sweets for children with massive sugar. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. We started Halloween because it's, it's from a real old pagan kind of celebration. So um, I think, well, I don't know. I shouldn't be saying stuff like this. I think we brought it to America. But it is an old, uh, <laughs> before um, we America was even invented. <laughs> but it's really old and uh, um, we've got loads of cakes and there's all sorts of things to celebrate around the time because it was a big, big festival. It was like, and we've just kept on to it because it was like a kind of Christmas celebration except we believed people rose from the dead and that's why we dressed up so that if a, if a ghoul passed by you, they'd like, oh, that is a ghoul as well. So that's why you dressed as something scary so that they didn't curse your house. So there you go. It's a real old Irish thing. And do you know what uh, box tea is? Yeah, box it's going to be on my menu. It's going to be uh, is it? possibly the signature dish, yeah. Oh, so, now explain that because we're so back to the potato tea. world, aren't we? Yeah, because yeah. I was dying to actually say that when Got you were talking about potatoes. So um, depending on what part of Ireland you're from, there's different box teas. There's three types of 
boxty. So there's a pancake one, which is similar to a crepe. There's a dumpling one, which is similar to gnocchi. And there is a, a bread one, which is like a potato farrel. So it's like a scone cooked in a pan. Like potato bread sort of yeah, thing. Potato yeah, potato bread. So all of them have the same ingredients, which is uh, mashed potato, raw potato, egg, flour and uh, some sort of liquid like milk. And depending on how, how much of those quantities, you have three different products. Uh, but my one will be uh, the dumpling. Oh, oh, and I'm so that. excited about it because I uh, put braised uh, beef in the centre of it so you can't see it. So then when you cut into it, it's... Like a little treat when you open it up. Yeah. And uh, could you tell me what coddle is? Oh, coddle. (laughs) Oh my God, you're mentioning all the good things. Um, Coddle is a Dublin dish and uh, it was made on the streets of Dublin uh, years ago. Like uh, it would be our original street food. And there were just big vats of of, uh, pots just boiling and they would throw in uh, potatoes, sausages, rashers, carrots, like different bits and pieces. Um, and again, depending on what part of Ireland you're from, there's brown coddle, almost, uh, red coddle, <laughs> what? And then there's like normal real coddle, which is the one I was raised on, which is like so delicious. When I was a kid, I used to say to my mum, when I get married, this will be the, the food at the wedding. But you wouldn't. It's like slop. Like it's like something that you would feed a pig, but it's delicious. A very lucky pig. So uh, it's a very slowly cooked stew it's in like, a way. It's like a mashy stew, with kind of lumps of potato, lumps of sausage, lumps. And traditionally, the sausage has no skin on it. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, you can buy that in Ireland, yeah, no yeah. skin sausages. Um, and then we never had onions, carrots in ours. Maybe. We would have uh, peas in ours, which was very fancy. We never had frozen peas. You were well bought up. Deluxe. Um, and yeah, and my mum used to sneak a little packet of uh, uh, nor soup in there. And when I make it, I still make it like the way my mum did, because you can be so chefy about things sometimes. If I make it in the restaurant, obviously, I'm sorry, mum, I can't use your recipe. But at home, I use my mum's recipe because it's delicious, you know. Mm. Yeah. Sally's just making your mouth water. Mm. Yes, it is. I mean, I think, I'm guessing that you're vegetarian. No, I'm not. You're not. Bacon not sandwich for breakfast. I just had a bacon and egg sandwich for breakfast. Okay. But so, yeah. Mm. But yes, it all sounds really lovely. Sounds like... I am vegetarian. So uh... when you stuff the dumplings, it would be really nice to have it's an option where you can of course, stuff listen, it with veg. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or lentils. Or... Yeah. Lentils would yeah. be good. Mm. Um, and finally, balm brack. That's Halloween. That's Halloween. It? Oh God, it's all just matching in together. So Halloween, yeah. So we used to have secret treats in it. We have to it's have a, a, a ring it's in a fruity it. Fruity tea loaf, isn't it's it? It's like a tea loaf. It's yeah. a little bit like panettone. You know, it's yeah. like a yeast um, um, cake. And uh, you put a ring in it. You put a stick in it. You put a pea in it, and you put a rag in it. <laughs> and you get it. You cut a slice of it, and each slice, it's like it's like Russian roulette because it's dangerous. Some of the stuff you don't want. The ring, brilliant. You're going to get married. Obviously, that's what everybody wants. Apparently, in Ireland. Not a stick your husband will beat you uh oh you don't want the stick a rag you'll be poor (laughs) a rag you'll be poor and a pea you will come into money I think I think that that's what that one is so it was like a fortune telling cake and now in Ireland you'll only just get the ring they don't have all the other stuff but every every Halloween we still sell that in Ireland imagine eating a cake you find a rag in it (laughs) (laughs) I I think you should bring this back for Halloween this year we we, we do like in Ireland it's no, 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 with, with all of it Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I mean, with, with the stick, with the rag. You Isn't know, that a bit on PC? I think it's stick. very on PC. <laughs> I'm quite on PC, so I think Isn't I, I can about, manage it. But it's about respecting tradition as well. Like this is these are these are crazy old traditions, yes. and you can kind of go look. This is clearly ridiculous, but here we mm. go. Yeah, true. But it was so exciting when you'd cut into the cake as a kid. You like. 
And then you'd be like hoping that you'd hear a little thing because if it did, then you might need to angle it a bit more to make sure you got the, the <laughs> yeah, ring. So the cake would be cut all lopsided. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Well, I have to say uh, cheese in Ireland mm. gets my vote. Yeah. Uh, really, there's some great um, cheeses. Um, any particular favourites of yours? Oh my God, there's so many amazing cheeses in Ireland. So... Um, uh, I obviously I love the Crozier Blue, Cashel Blue, brilliant, fabulous blue cheeses. Uh, uh, Coulet is an amazing no, cheese. See, that, that's my favourite. Uh, it's an incredible cheese, and, and that's like in the wrong of, hands it can ruin a dish because yeah. it's got so much flavour, and in the right hands it can make a dish. And it's, it's very strong. It's very strong, and it's in, it's in my box to your recipe. Sneak it's it in like there. Gouda, really, would you say? It, it reminds me of Gouda and uh, really aged Gouda. Mm. You know, I w- it would be a great um, alternative to Parmesan. Yes. Really, really good cheese. Beautiful. Really good cheese. I'd recommend that to anybody listening. Mm. Uh, Another favourite of mine, which I have to say, I go way, way, way out of my way to get this. And I know it sounds mad. Red lemonade. No. But you cannot guess it anywhere else to the same standard. And that is, um, it's James Whelan Butcher's Beef Dripping. Oh, yes. Have you ever had that? No. It's the best. It's the best, literally, in the world. Where'd you you go for it? Um, Harrods. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now the reason why I whisper that is I can't find it anywhere else I don't even like Harrods but I just that's the only place I can find it where I know that I go to the butcher's counter and they've got it there you, you can see, order it Susan online just basically out yourself as being you can, you can order you, it online you do your regular shopping at Harrods no I don't <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 often when you find self just don't have something I live 80 miles away road. from Harrods I don't go to Harrods it's not like I don't Sue is currently wearing a jacket covered in diamonds yes <laughs> everybody knows Radio. that everybody knows that's not true um, yeah so the, and, and for me best cookery school in the world Ballymallow absolutely uh, Darina Allen and her family have, have, have really really explained what cooking and food to, to me should be about and foraging the, the concept yeah. of foraging like in Ireland it used to be part of your life you know you would supplement like you'd blackberries that would grow and you would just pick blackberries where now like you know that's a novelty thing but that was kind of part of your life and yeah. Myrtle Allen who originally opened um, Ballymallow she was the first chef that went to the cheese suppliers in Ireland, where, she, where in the area she was working in. All of them were selling the cheese straight over to America or to France. We weren't actually eating it in Ireland. And she said, will you sell me small con- quantities and I'll do only Irish cheeses in the restaurant. Yes. It seems like straightforward mm, now, seems but that was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Revolutionary. So there, you know, a visionary is what, what I'd say she was. And she passed away last year, but um, mm. yeah, really, really incredible woman. Uh, a really important figure in the mm. world of uh, cookery. Yeah, she's considered one of the best chefs to ever come out of Ireland. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and I went on a lovely holiday once to Kinsale, which I do consider to be the gourmet capital of Ireland. Is it still considered that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I could, mm. you know, there's so much, like down by the burn. I mean, my God, the produce there is, it's incredible. I, I just think there should be school trips for every child in Ireland to go to the burn and see what we produce there. It's, mm. it, I, I'm incredibly proud every time I go back there. I find a new supplier or a new thing. It's, it's really, and beautiful, so beautiful. If there is anybody listening from the Irish Tourist Board, we do take, <laughs> <laughs> we do take backhanders for doing all this stuff. Um, it, it, it truly is, though, uh, and I think it is to do the weather, which we all mm. laugh at, but but it's got the most beautiful grass, which mm. gives you the most wonderful dairy products, um, and, and obviously the sea, you know, around Ireland. So it, it's got a natural um, sort of source, if mm. you like, of, of, of many um, great things that you would just die for. Your Mm. point about tourism, though, is interesting because I think actually the Irish Tourist Board are one of the most progressive of the tourist boards to understand the relationship between food 
and place mm. and the fact that ultimately people want to visit places with food stories. Mm. And they've done a lot to try and actually, I think, challenge some of the stereotypes around Irish mm. food mm. and talk about produce and talk yeah. about all that kind of stuff. And the stuff they've done on the Atlantic Way and where you can stop and what you can eat and all the different you know festivals and stuff that are there. I think they're actually... They're quite progressive on that front and I think have done a really good job of bringing together tourism and mm. food production mm. in an interesting way. Yeah, so Jingle, for example, when um, they judge the awards the same kind of weekend, they have their Jingle Food Festival and the number of Americans that come over, mm. like the whole town is taken over by Americans and you wouldn't think that this tiny little town mm. in the middle of nowhere really would be known, to be honest. Almost. But yeah, it really yeah. is a mecca kind of across the world. Now that leads us rather nicely. You've been incredibly kind and you, you seem to have bought a big box of stuff. Treats. Yeah, Holly, do you mind reaching over? Ooh. Can you talk us through? To be honest, I want to take them home. I don't want to give yeah. them to you. That's fine. <laughs> well, no, please do. I mean, please do. I mean, we just look at them, shall we? Yeah. We'll just look at them. Yeah. No, 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 I'm joking. So, no, I'm not taking them home. No, no, no. Oh my God, can you imagine? Here's a hamper. See you later, guys. I'm taking them home. Yeah. No. So, so you, you've got some amazing things here. Oh, there's so, so, so much so, exciting stuff. Yeah. I don't know where to start. So, uh, so Burns Smoke House, House uh, is Smoked salmon is another great product of Ireland, of course. Absolutely, smoked and smoked is, mackerel as well. Yeah. Really, really delicious. And um, this is an ice wine here, Killahora um, oh, wow. ice wine. Really delicious. It's like um, you I could use it as a wine. dessert wine. I, I, I've used it in um, an apple dessert where I make a caramel with it, and it's it's really, really gorgeous. But um, it was beautiful with cheese, like a bit of blue cheese and this ice. Wine is fabulous together, really gorgeous. A bit of cashel blue cashel and blue, ice yeah. wine would go very, very nice. <laughs> really nice. Um, what have you got there, Holly? I have plain porter, which looks like a cheese, cow's cheese. Mm. I haven't heard of it. I do. I, I know I know it, um, but uh, don't know too much. And the other thing, of course, is uh, Ireland's great at butter. Yeah. Yeah, butter. Well, I think it's a, a, a it's a, depending on um, where you get it. So you do. There are small suppliers like um, this, uh, the Glennon uh, Farm. This butter is so delicious because it's got a, like a little bit of um, acidity to it. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like the way butter should because it has to kind of um, they have to use like a starter in it to to because obviously mm-hmm. if you whip cream, you can you over whip cream, you can make butter. Yeah. That's it. You'll just make butter. But the idea that they use a starter in it and it just—it's so delicious. It's—it's it's got a great flavour of it and salty, 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 salty. Mm-hmm. Whiskey. Yeah, now whiskey. Mm. So we've got a little Irish whiskey here. And for those of you who don't know, uh, whiskey that's Irish is spelt with an e between the K and that's the Y. Correct, yeah. And uh, Scottish whiskey it's doesn't the have correct an e. spelling for whiskey. Can I just say? And you—you uh, you would say that's the correct <laughs> spelling of whiskey. So we have a Dubliner Irish whiskey here. Um, massive bottle about? there. Very generous yeah. portion uh, of it. What's the story about uh, Irish whiskey? So, so um, presumably, it's just like exactly like Scotland, where it's just one of those historic things that's been going on for yeah. years and years and years. In I just past. Drink, I just drink the stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Bushmills is one of the oldest whiskeys. Yeah. Bushmills. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And there's Black Bush. I mean, I have to say, I'm Black Bush, I'm, I'm, I'm a one. big fan of. Well, Black Bush. Um, is, you know, it's aged in um, sherry casks and that's um, what gives it its very, very unique flavour and it's quite, it's more, I think, acidic than a, an average whiskey. But I do think red breast is just... Is red, red oh, breast your choice? Oh, my goodness, yes, please. I've never heard of that. Oh, well, really? I, I'll tell you now, I wouldn't be a whiskey connoisseur by any stretch, but uh, and I'd, I'd be happy with Jameson or, or Dublin or any, uh, any day, but if I am going to treat myself, red breast is... The, the one. It is, yeah. Go. You can have a little taste of this whiskey then. Uh, we, we, we thought we were on a dry, a dry, a dry You've managed to break this so quickly. You're uh, like, you know. Now, I've been told that you shouldn't actually never have 
malt whiskey without cutting it with water. Oh, contrary, absolutely. Contrary to popular opinion, people say you shouldn't put water in whiskey. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. Because actually it just, not a lot of it, but <laughs> it tiny releases drop. the flavour. And, and An absolute tiny drop. Break, yeah, and it, and it sort of breaks the flavour. Is that true? You just I had some of that. There was a sort of trend to drink it neat at the moment, chilled and neat. No, you shouldn't do that really. No. I think that's but how they drink bourbon, big, isn't it? If you put a big ice cube in it, you get a little bit of water in it quite quickly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of a long day, mm. the, the lack of water occasionally <laughs> just cuts through the rubbish. Yeah. That'll wake you up, Polly. Bit of whiskey there. <laughs> but I if you try it before you put in water and after you put in water, you'll see the difference. There is a, there is okay. a difference, yeah. yeah. And that's with any spirit, though. If you even did that with a vodka, you would get a, a different flavour from it. It, it, it mm. does waken spirits. It's a bit like having a herb and then cutting a herb that's released the flavour. It's exactly oh, yeah. what you do with them. Um... Now, um, we're going to have to move on just a little. I'm sorry about this. And the whole studio now is full of smoked salmon and <laughs> whiskey and... Uh, Biscuits. We've got a... a, 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 a Ballymaloo relish. relish there. We've got a Dingle Gin. We've got Cashel Blue. <gasps> We've got some plain porter cheese that looks amazing and, and some great, great butter. You're not, you're not stealing that, Ollie. I'm yeah. taking that one home. <laughs> What's um, that? Now, can we talk a little bit? Do you know much about um, Greek food? I have Greek relatives. Anna. Oh, do you? Yeah, my auntie fell in love with a Greek man, so I have two Greek cousins ah, and a Greek uncle. Ah, okay. So yeah, it's raised um, on Greek yogurt. I, I suppose before we before we go to the Greek thing, actually, just briefly, I should mention your why you're here, really, because you're about to open this lovely new restaurant called yeah, Myrtle. Aren't that's you? right. Yeah, yeah. Small little forty-seater restaurant in Chelsea. And uh, that's going to be opening in the next couple of weeks. In uh, uh, middle of April, hopefully, as long so as nothing goes wrong. Weeks. Yeah, <laughs> great. And and you're sort of on a mission, really, to 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 bring what you might consider to be proper, traditional, well made Irish food to the UK, as opposed to sort of our you know, sort of perception of what it might be. Well, it'll be modern. Um, my background is modern European with French technique. Yeah. So, and I love that food. So I'll be cooking that food, but it will be with an Irish influence. So there will be some uh, Irish dishes that are modernised, but still I will be, you know, making pastas or doing risottos. Like it will be a modern European restaurant um, because that's what I'm trained in. But I'd love over time for it to evolve and become more and more Irish. But a big focus will be on Irish produce like a beef, like I, I buy my beef from the burn. Nobody's had this beef over here. It's really special. There you go. Yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's, a, it's an ancient farming technique that they use and I have to buy a whole cow. So I have to get a butcher to pick my beautiful little pretty cow, slaughter it and do all that and then ship it over to me. So it'll be probably a quarter cow a week I'll use. And this is Myrtle and it's going to be somewhere near Chelsea. If yeah, you go onto the uh, Food Talk website, we'll make sure that you get a link to that. So sorry about that. I'm going over now to Greek food. Greek food. Yes. So, Sally, before we talk about Tim's dairy, what do mm-hmm. you know about Greek food? Have you, have well, you got a little I, bit of a background in that or not? Um, I have a little bit of a background in that I love eating Greek food and um, I love cooking Greek food as well, but I'm I'm not Greek myself. But obviously, working with a Greek Cypriot family and um, loving all the sort of foods and flavours from Greece, I definitely do know a bit about it and particularly Greek yoghurt. We are going to come on to Greek yoghurt in yeah. a minute. What springs to mind for you uh, from Greece? Do, do you cook? I know you cook quite a lot. Do you cook Greek dishes? I mean, I don't... So it's interesting. Greek food is theoretically only cooked regularly by 8% of the population, which is a small number. But I think, you know, it's like... I think it's one of those cuisines that's quite hard to define in the sense that... Yes. I don't think people naturally sort of go... It, for me, it's a little bit like Moroccan food in the sense, like tagine. Okay, where do I go from tagine? Yes. You know, and I think with, with Greek food, I think a lot of people go, Greek salad... Uh, People automatically think of Greek salad and they also think of different foods as as specifically Greek, like... Fatar and... 
feta and halloumi yeah. and the sort of and pita breads Caramel as well. Salata. And they come from different areas, either of Greece or the Greek islands or even Cyprus. And sometimes yeah. there's sort of no pita bread's not from here or no halloumi's not from here. But what's interesting about what you say is that because so much of the food is influenced from east and west, they've they're kind of a, a melting pot of styles mm. of eating very much based on their own produce, uh, but also this kind of influence from, because it's such a vast country and then there's all the islands, you've got very different cooking styles on some of the islands as well. Some yeah, of the quality. As, as you would in India or somewhere like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Some of the fish you get, though. I remember going to uh, Thessaloniki yes. and just being blown away yeah. by just the quality of the fish. And it's just, it's that classic European thing of just beautifully cooked, simply mm-hmm. done. And I remember seeing the fish market there and just yes. loving loving the food yes but we do say greek yogurt specifically don't we why 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 have we actually used that as a generic is 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 it because it does actually come from from greece or is it because it's 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 got a generic name for stuff that is quite thick and produced in a certain way so we greek yogurt does actually come from greece and in fact Yogurt made outside of Greece that is Greek style has to be called Greek style. Hence, on Tim's Dairy yogurt packaging, all of the yogurt is Greek style. You'll see it. And it's actually a legal requirement. You can't call your yogurt Greek, even if it's completely the same product, unless it was actually made in Greece. Which I think is, you know, this is one of the really good things that the European Union have done in terms of, you know, actually defining. Know, brands of origins and places yes. because actually there is too much that is you know yeah said it's one thing I, I say, agree you know. yes and I mean the other the other characteristic of proper Greek style yogurt is the fat content and that's usually a sort of higher fat content of around 10% which is Greek style yogurt which hasn't had the fat removed a proper Greek style yogurt is is high in fat. So I'm going to taste some of your yogurts that you brought yep. with me. Um, Holly, what do you fancy? We've got a uh, Greek style natural, uh, black currants, vanilla, raspberry. Raspberry, please. There you go, raspberry. Now this has got a one star great taste award, so that's Thank a good you. start. They've all got uh, great taste awards, actually. Uh, they it's have. A... What are you thinking? Uh, one of my options. I think I'll go vanilla. Two stars on that one. Let's go with vanilla. There you go. We've be. also got some of the London collection here, ah, this new range new that we range. just launched in the last couple of weeks to we'll celebrate Tim's Darius 70th anniversary. Yes. So let's let's just do a little bit of background. So Tim's Dairy is currently managed by brothers Chris, Peter, Tony. Is it BD? BD. Uh, Timoth. Oh, no, I can't say that. Timotheo. Thank you. Yeah. And um, they've got a lovely dairy in the Chiltern Hills. So a good call out to anybody who's working in there today. They make yogurt in batches using fresh pasteurised British milk, natural ingredients and bio live cultures. Family's got a traditional Greek heritage. They've been making fresh live yogurt since 1949. Yeah, which is absolutely. Amazing. Which is why it's the 70th year this year. They, um, mm. The family, the four brothers, their uncle came over from Cyprus in 1949 and uh, started producing. Presumably just after the war. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where traditionally there wasn't much um, evidence of yogurt in the daily diet of the population but he came over and started in a basement workroom in Warren Street so not far from here at all just producing yogurt and milk desserts which they originally took round on a bike with a basket on the front 
Uh, the brother's father soon joined him and they set up Tim's Met Dairy and they've been making yoghurt ever since, but they moved to various sites in central and north London and then in 1996 moved out to Buckinghamshire just just by the M25 in Little mm. uh, Chalfont St Peter. Now, I'm, I'm tasting these, as, as we all are. Um, for me, really good yoghurt. You eat it, it's, this is so creamy, but it's mm. got that lovely sour mm. aftertaste mm. which is what tang. for me which is what and tang mm. yeah that's yeah. a good word tang yeah. yes. which it should have tang is a good word and a word we use a lot to describe that flavour because it's about the balance of the tang and the creaminess and even the the, the depth of flavour as well because if you have too much flavour in a yoghurt you don't taste the yoghurt so mm. it just becomes a dessert or a milk dessert really so it's about those that is very good bio live cultures mm. as well bringing because that flavour and tang it feels like a lot of the innovation in the world of yoghurt has been actually making them less and less like yogurts, yes. more and more sweet, Gimm- yeah. gimmicky, kind of like, you know. Yeah. And actually, it's such a delicious thing by itself when properly made. Absolutely. But there does feel like there's a real difference between what I'll call stuff that's, that's you know, that's, that, that is, that is optimised around kind mm-hmm. of sugar and kind of actually not the right kind of, you know, the yes. interesting taste profile. And actually... You know, what's really lovely about this is it feels like a very artisanally produced yoghurt. And it definitely is. And exactly that is that we're making the yoghurt in exactly the same way as they did 70 years ago, on a larger scale albeit, but it's using the same principles of natural ingredients. And essentially, yoghurt is just milk. It's milk and cream and biolive cultures in this case. So let it do its natural let stuff. Let it do its natural stuff. Mm. And um, these, this new range you're just looking at here, we've launched the London Collection. This is a sort of more on-trend uh, brand to celebrate um, the 70 years. And we've looked at some interesting flavours and bringing them into Greek style. Um, and um, so we've got uh, yeah. mango and turmeric yeah, I'm there. holding mango and turmeric. Okay, Ooh, yeah, we've got... Um, rhubarb and rose and we've got a chocolate and orange marmalade as well so we've got some interesting new flavors so it's a sort of development and contemporization of some of the yogurt flavors we've done so far but it's bringing just some new ideas it's looking at people wanting a healthy luxury snack so it it brings that treat moment to Mm. having a snack but you know it's not sort of all full of bad ingredients or ridiculously high in If I can just effects. say, Anna Hoare, who's obviously our Irish food expert, has done nothing but stick her head in a yogurt. She's on her second one. Nodding. Mm, mm, yeah, mm, mm. They're Great really point. good. Great Aren't they good? What's, one Aren't they good? That's quite interesting <laughs> is that we've certainly seen um, an increase in the number of people who are trying to reduce dairy in their diet. Yes. We'll talk about this in a few weeks when we look at some of the trends that have come out. But what is interesting is actually that yogurt is, is the lowest offender. So when you look at what people are trying to reduce, mm. you know, top of the list mm. is kind of Milk, mm. interestingly, and then it goes into cheese, um, and then it goes into butter, mm. and then it's yogurt. The de- yogurt is, I think, yogurt's done is actually done a very good job, actually, of being perceived to be at the forefront of good dairy, mm. yes, rather than bad dairy. Um, and actually, as I think, you know, obviously, there are people who can't eat dairy, but which is a different subject. But actually, for me, it's it's it, it has done a good job, I think, of positioning itself within a healthy kind nothing, of benefits. Nothing would make me give up cheese, milk, mm. yogurt, cream. Oh, I love dairy products. Mm. Love them. So we could play the game. Have you ever played Better Bestest? Where you say, what would you give up more? <laughs> Alcohol or cheese? <laughs> oh, that's that's easy. Bye-bye, Probably. cheese. <laughs> Probably. 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 Probably.
I mean, I can't believe that human beings actually eat mould. I mean, the, the, where mm. that happened, where it was it was okay, and then suddenly it becomes a massive industry. But, but mould is now good for your gut, isn't it? Your microbiome, and a bit like the sort of bio-life cultures and yeah, things. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons, Ollie, that the perception of yoghurt as a healthier product is has because come to the fore so because much. it's got the live cultures in it. So it's good for healthy gut, which a lot of people are very um, keen on at the moment. It's also a good source of protein, mm. and that's another sort of trend at the moment to high-protein foods. But there is a big growth in the dairy alternatives as well. Yeah. It's interesting how the options are. I think what you said about reducers is key because I think some people now are mixing up how they eat through the week. Some are dairy reducers and they will have some yogurt and some dairy free and feel like they're fulfilling mm. um, Just a health. balancing it yeah, out. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, 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 I have to say that I do think the, that your normal, is that the word, Greek-style yoghurt is lovely. It's Thank probably you. some of the best mm. I've had, I would say. So where's it available? Because I hadn't come across it until yeah. today. Yes, no, I mean, that's we're sort of the the best yoghurt out there that's sort of slightly hidden from availability. But we've, um, we're in selected Waitrose uh, branches, selected Asda, we're on Ocado, and the new, the London collection is also available on Ocado. Uh, and we're in lots of sort of uh, smaller... Um, independence. We're in um, Whole Foods Market. Um, Good old Whole Foods. Yes. And then, as I say, yes, lots Amazon. of sort of smaller inde independents. They are on Amazon, but difficult to deliver. The, yes, it is difficult yeah. to deliver there. Yes. So there's um, a lot, the availability we have in Asda and Waitrose is regional or local. So we're not in every single store. And the other thing you find as a producer is that when you go into a branch, you won't necessarily have all the flavours, all the sizes, because these pot sizes you see, there are also large pots as well, big pots yep. available, and it does depend. So the, the sort of whole range is available on Ocado too. Well, thank you so much, um, Sally, for coming in and bringing us your Tim's Dairy products. I do like the no the normal Greek yogurts, lovely. Mm. Um, and uh, Anna Hoare, well, good luck with Myrtle. Oh, thank you must you. be getting very excited at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'll be so delighted once it opens. Yeah. I'll just be like, oh. And if you've, uh, if you've yet to discover Irish food or, or you're wondering about where you might go for a little trip uh, this summer, you could do, you couldn't, you know, you could do much worse than going to Ireland mm. for a really lovely um you know, sort of tour, really. I mean, even just around the coast is incredible, let yeah. alone uh, some of the beautiful places in, 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 in you know, on the interior. Mm. And not forgetting Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland's got the most beautiful coast. I mean, unfortunately, it draws attention for other things sometimes, yeah. but it is the most beautiful place as well, which should not be forgotten. Absolutely. Um, any yeah. final uh, words on Irish food from you? Well, no, there is the great Richard Corrigan, who is obviously yes. one of the chefs we've worked with for years. And I think he's, you know, it's been, I think, you know, actually a real front runner in mm. i think challenging the perceptions of uh, of irish food and is is well known for giving you know if you can ever get on his guest list for sort of his 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 st patrick's yeah. day at, at other parties those are those are quite something i bet they are yeah <laughs> normally normally at 11 o'clock in the morning no, on it's, like a friday and it's that's like right. really really are we, are we, you know, and you arrive and it is amazing how many people are full in full swing it's the full day <laughs> so you go for breakfast but it's the whole day that is very Irish, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, what you know, you if you're going to do it, do party, it You're a party people, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? <laughs> sociable, sociable. Yeah. Storytelling people as well. That, for me, has always uh, been the bit that I've yeah. always been struck by, is that 
uh, uh, you know, the Irish and the stories is, and I think that's, you know, what's something exciting about the food scene there is it is very much, mm. it's not about mass produced stuff. It's much more about telling stories yeah. about history and about the way things are done. And, and that, but that's the way we were. Like, even like our language, the, 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 you know, I, I like Irish is like, uh, how we would create sentences isn't, you can't translate Irish directly into English because it, it's, it's, it, it's said in another way, you know, like you would describe a person by the color of their hair. You know, you would, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's just goes way back. You know, everything is, there is a story to everything. Can I just say that you're very nosy as a people. You <laughs> love, talking to me personally. I was you like, love oh Irish God, people. <laughs> Irish people just want to know everything about you. They're, it's they're direct. Amazing. It's, it's they're just direct. Like, so if a, if, a, if a cab driver picks you up from Dublin airport or somewhere, <laughs> they just, they just want to know everything about you by the time they drop you off 20 minutes later. They just want to know your whole life story. Like naturally. It's those diamond studded nice. jackets you're wearing. They know you're shopping <laughs> at Harrods. I only go there once, you know. Every couple of months to go and buy yeah. my Irish lard dripping. <laughs> um, that's true, though, isn't it? I'm naturally inquisitive, want to talk, yeah, want to know care. about stories. It's nice, yeah. you know. Like I, you know, maybe there's a, a negative to it, but I think that they genuinely want to kind of know mm. something about a person. Mm-hmm. It is kind of curious, mm. and also, you know, they want to just see the cut of your jib, but to make sure you're an okay person as well. Um, but yeah, hmm. you shouldn't go out there then, Ollie. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> well, with hair like that, Ollie, you'd be welcome to open arms. That's yeah. that's a good Irish. There is there is some Irish style. roots there. I'm trying to work out how deep and whether I can claim a passport. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. You know, I so wish I could <laughs> claim an Irish passport. <laughs> My right brother-in-law has got in one. Time. I'm like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, I need one. Uh, so our guests today have been uh, Anna Hall. Thank you so much, Anna, for bringing lovely food in, which uh, when we go off air, we're going to dive into. I think, um, and bit of an expert on Irish food because she's Irish uh, and please look out for Myrtle Restaurant which will be on our website opening in a few weeks time and again Sally Dorling of Tim's Dairy thank you so much for bringing all this stuff um, It's you've reignited my passion for re- yogurt actually I'm Fantastic. thinking I must go and yeah, yeah. buy some it's so nice it's so good in cooking as well I mean as an ingredient yeah. you know I think I've been buying stuff about it's so potatoes. ordinary I've sort of gone off it mm. this, oh no you need, you need nice to be good quality yeah. you can have that natural pot to take home and yeah, I think are you available in Harrods as well because that means <laughs> shut up Molly yes yes there you go the program. You trying to finish the programme thank you so much uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show we're on lots of different radio stations across the UK and further afield and you can also download our weekly podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify and the podcast app on your phone as well as the wonderful Great British Chefs website thank you to my fellow presenter Holly Shackleton Thank you. Uh, Speciality Food Magazine. I forgot to mention, uh, if you're uh, an amazing producer out there, in fact, you ladies should do this, actually, uh, our Future Food Awards Mm. being launched, aren't they? They are Uh, indeed. Just been launched, actually. So if you're doing something innovative and amazing, go on to either Speciality uh, Food Magazine website or, or Food Talk website and enter... We've got other. We've got great judges. We do judging it, haven't yeah. we? Like really famous people who can give you some great tips and uh, and help. And um, it's. Uh, I think we're doing it in October, aren't we? Yeah. So the the final will be at Bread and Jam, third um, of October. So October, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is a great thing. So um, next week we'll tell you a little bit more about that. But um, uh, do look out for that. Um, and thank you to my fellow presenter Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs. You're off soon, aren't you? You're going to go. I'm, I'm, a little I'm not jolly. away. I'm not away on the next couple of weeks, but. Yeah. I'll come back with some stories. You're a hippie and you're wandering around Morocco. <laughs> you're taking your family with you, just going on your own. We always take, we always travel together. <laughs>
we love forcing my children to eat. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet they. I just bet they run wild. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I bet they are. Um, And uh, don't forget, if you're doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, you should be entering the Future Food Awards. But uh, please get in touch with us too, and uh, that's on Twitter at at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts going back, well, years and years now, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Uh, wonder what's going to happen about Brexit. Have a good week. Bye.